Good morning, New Day Christian Church. Um, I usually share um, at the beginning of um, when I have an opportunity to bring a message from God's Word. Um, it's been interesting when I was younger and I would make presentations. I would be nervous as all get out when I'm sitting in the seat, but once I got up, I was just cool as a cucumber. Um, but it's been in the last maybe three years or so that um, I am just fine sitting down, but when I get up, I'm extremely nervous. And I had asked the Lord, I was like, why is that? Why did it switch? And when I say it switched, it switched like that. And I believe that it really is an opportunity for uh, the Lord to keep me humble and to remind me that I uh, need to rely on him and to confess to others my weakness and, uh, and watch his strength made, be made um, perfect in me. And so this morning, I just want to let you know that um, that still is the case. I'm very nervous, um, but what he has shown me a remedy to that is to stick with my notes, and it's going to look like I'm literally reading my notes, but that's one solution that he's given to me so that, one, I don't forget anything, but also that I'm reminded that I need him and that I don't need to kind of go off here or go off there, but I really do need him and the message that he gave, gave me. I need to stick with it. So um, first, giving honor to Jesus the one who came to visit with me 40 years ago and revealed himself to me in a way that I could not say no. That fall evening at a fall revival, who Jesus was was proclaimed clearly and freely. I knew that night Jesus came into my life and he has been making me into his image ever since. So I give honor to the Lord today. Second, my gratitude goes to Pastor George and First Lady Kim for inviting me to consider addressing the ladies and the gentlemen uh, while the men are off at a retreat and a conference. Um, you did not have to trust me to bring God's word, uh, but you did, and I'm humbled and want to make you proud. Third, I want to thank you, the Smiths, for always um, opening your home and your hearts, uh, hearts to me when I come to visit Morgington. Family is precious, and I love you dearly. Uh, and lastly, thank you, New Day, uh, for remaining steadfast in the mission the Lord has put before you. I know from speaking with Pastor George over the past 25 years that it has not been an easy mission, um, but I have always heard hope and grace as he speaks of the tremendous calling for New Day Christian Church. I will not keep you long today as I sought the Lord's guidance and what to share with you I was excited, but also a bit apprehensive about his answer. Excited because I know what the Lord has given me is to share is at the center of his heart, but apprehensive because I don't want to shame anyone or cause you to question your love for the Lord if you feel you fall short of what God wants for his children. That said, let's pray and ask the Lord to prepare us for what his word says and how we can trust him to live out this strong commission as his children. Let's pray. Father, it is a delight um, to be here with your children and my brothers and sisters. We love you, Lord, and thank you that you first loved us so that we could love you back and that we could love others and love ourselves. And so uh, we ask uh, that you would um, move amongst us and that we really would be able to see what your word 
is saying and that we could apply it to our lives and that we wouldn't be super critical of ourselves, but we also wouldn't be lackadaisical, but that we really would respond uh, to your word um, the way in which you know uh, we should respond. And so we love you and pray uh, that your power through your spirit uh, would move in us and change us and continue to make us into your image. So we thank you for one, being here, but also moving in our hearts and, um, and continually, continually advancing your kingdom and your purposes here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Very quickly, um, I um, would like to invite anyone in here who um, has an older parent that's maybe 60 or 70 years older, or a grandparent, um, if you're a little confused around what's all been talked about with the coronavirus. Um, depending on who you listen to, it's no more than a cold, and if you listen to someone else, um, the tribulation is coming, you know, and that we're in the middle of it at, at right now. It's like it's neither of those, but there are some practical things. Um, I have a, a medical background. I was an RN in my past, and my sister is a medical doctor, and we decided uh, that we were going to call our parents, talk with our parents and our grandmother about very practical things over the next three to four weeks be, until we can really learn more about it. What are some very practical things that we can do as we engage those that are older and their lives and their um, bodies could be susceptible uh, to this particular new virus uh, that we're seeing um, happening around the world. Um, it's not a time to be scared, but it's also a time for us to prepare. And there really are practical things beyond just washing your hands uh, that you can do as you engage those that are, are more compromised and more vulnerable, and that would be our elderly. So if you would like to learn more, um, just meet me over here after church, and, um, and I'll share a little bit more and answer some of your questions, but would love to do that. Um, today, I would like to share from the subject, the poor. What is, your, or what is my heart's posture toward them? The poor. What is my heart's posture toward them? I shared with one of my pastors one Sunday last year, after he had preached on this subject, but from a different angle, that we can preach on pretty much any topic from God's word, but any sermon on any topic can end with the question, what is your heart's posture toward the poor? You can talk on money, salvation, the end times, sin, repentance, love, grace, church polity, leadership. We can talk on any subject, but for a believer, Jesus says the one place you can look to know that you are mine is to ask the question, how do I view and engage the least of these in society? The passage that is a longer passage, if you want to prepare for that, is going to be Matthew 25, 31 through 46. That is Matthew 25, if you'd like to follow along in your Bibles. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. So I will focus our time on three parts of Scripture. Two of the verses are from Proverbs 14, but they're really short. So if you want to turn there, you can. It's 14, 21 and 14, 31. Proverbs 14, 21 and 14, 31. But the longer passage is Matthew 28, 31 through 46. First, Proverbs 14, 21. It says, he who despises his neighbor's, his neighbor's sins, but blessed is he who is kind to the needy. Second, Proverbs 14, 31. He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, big M, meaning the Lord, um, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Finally, 
Matthew 25, 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you uh, a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these, my, uh, one of the least of the brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me. Uh, oh, wait, hold on a second. I think I skipped down too far. Okay, then he says, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer the Lord, Lord, when did we see you hungry and thirsty, or a stranger and needing clothes, or sick and in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Old Testament is replete with passages on how to treat the poor and needy. There are dozens of verses throughout scripture that exhorts us not to have the, uh, not, exhorts us uh, not to make the life of the poor hard. We are exhorted in Leviticus 23:22 um, not to harvest all the way to the edge of the field or pick up the um, gleanings, but leave that fruit of the harvest for the poor and the foreigner. We're exhorted in Leviticus 25, 35 through 36 to take care of those among us who have become poor and cannot take care of themselves. We are not to take interest or any profit from them, but we are to fear God. Um, trust God to take care of us as we take care of those who cannot take care of themselves. Finally, we exhorted in Deuteronomy 15, 10 through 11, to give generously to the poor without a grudging heart. There will always be the poor among us. Therefore, be open-handed. I would like to define a few of the words that hopefully will illumine these verses in Proverbs better. First, kind. Kind means sympathetic, helpful, gentle, forbearing. Second, oppress, to burden spiritually or mentally, weigh heavily upon, to burden by abuse of power or authority. Third, contempt, 
to despise or look down on as worthless or distasteful, lack of reverence or respect. And four, honor. Honor means to regard or treat with admiration. So let's put these definitions together with the verses so that we, uh, and see what we have. When we engage the poor, we are to be sympathetic, helpful, and gentle. In so doing, we regard and treat with admiration the Lord, their maker. But if we choose to oppress the poor, put a heavy weight on them and abuse them, harshly judge them, we are saying with our actions that we despise God, that we see him as worthless and distasteful. There is a strong correlation in the Old Testament between how we treat the poor and how we view God. If we view and engage the poor with kindness and a heart of compassion, then that is how we see God. If we view the, and engage the poor with disdain and abuse and disrespect, then this is how we view God, their maker. The same is true in the New Testament. I love the book of Matthew. It is straightforward and simple. Matthew starts out in chapters 1 through 4 with Jesus' birth, his baptism from John the Baptist, his testing or preparation in the desert with, um, by Satan, and uh, the start of his preaching ministry. Matthew 5 through 7 cover the um, Sermon on the Mount, instructions given to his disciples. Jesus gives all kinds of instructions from how to pray to how to give uh, to the needy to um, how to approach him. Uh, to judging others, to false prophets, to worrying, to fasting, to being salt and light, to adultery. Jesus speaks on an array of topics. Then he moves from just addressing his disciples on the mountain to moving out among the people with his disciples close in chapters 8 through 9. He heals, he gives sight to the blind, he raises the dead, he forgives sin, he calms the storm, and he casts out demons. By chapter 10, Jesus is empowering his disciples to go out two by two and to do the same work he has been doing. Chapters 11 through 12, Jesus begins to apply tough love. He has taught and healed and forgiven sins, but so many have not repented. So he begins to say things that equate him with God, which eventually gets him to, into a lot of trouble. Then we move into many chapters where Jesus begins to teach in parables, chapters 13 through 24. A parable is a short fictional story that illustrates a spiritual truth. Jesus stops addressing the crowds and turns to his disciples. They then ask him why he is teaching them in this way. Jesus says, they, the crowd, will not understand. Jesus is trying to help his disciples, not the crowd this time, see who he is and what his kingdom is like as he tells these fictional stories. Now we find ourselves in chapter 25. In the previous chapter, Jesus warns those who know the truth but don't repent. Then he tells the parable of the virgins. In essence, this parable says that we are to prepare for Jesus' return. Don't be caught having not accepted him as Lord and Savior. We may think we have time, but Jesus is saying through this parable that you don't know when he is coming back. Repent and turn back. Then Jesus speaks of a landowner who gives one of his servants five talents, one, uh, two talents, and one, one talent. While he has gone away, the servant who, had given, who was given five talents doubled it. The servant who was given two talents doubled it. But the servant he gave one talent hid it in the ground. 
When the owner returns, he praises the servant who now has ten talents and the servant who now has five, four talents. But the one who hid his talent, he, is not, only, he not only took it away, but, he gave, um, the, but the owner gave it to the one who had ten talents. Jesus not only wants us to believe he is who he is and accept him as the only one who can forgive our sins before his return, but he wants us to multiply our lives and all that we receive when we accept his free gift of salvation. He does not want us to invest in the things that will decay and rust and be destroyed with fire, but he wants us to invest in the things that will advance his purpose and his kingdom. We finally get to this well-known passage where Jesus literally gives us a way to know if we are his. If we are sheep and not goats, what is our heart's posture to toward the poor, the least of these? Let me be clear. We, we are saved by faith in Jesus through grace. There is nothing we can do to save ourselves. Only Jesus, who lived a perfect life, died a death and paid a price we deserve to pay and raised from the dead with power over death, can save us from our sin. Jesus demonstrates his great love for us when he gives us a way, the only way I can find in scripture, to know if we are in him and he is in us, our heart's posture toward the poor. While the list Jesus gives in Matthew 25 is just that, a list, food, drink, shelter, clothes, medical attention, imprisonment, he wants the disciples to understand that his kingdom is made up of the least of these. People who can't afford food, who are physically thirsty, who don't have a home to live in, who are sick and imprisoned. At this point, you may still be thinking, who exactly is the least of these? Can you flesh that out just a little bit more? For the most part, the least of these are those the world cares very little to nothing about. They don't really care about the young and the unborn. They don't really care about the financially poor, the spiritually lost, those that are lost, they don't care about them, the elderly, the widow, the single parent, the imprisoned, the sick, unless it's your family member, then we care about them. The world does not care about these groups of people, the vulnerable, but guess who does? Jesus does, and those who love Jesus and are in him. And he is telling his disciples that if you want to know if you are a sheep, those that I will put on my right side, all you have to answer is the one question, what is my heart's posture toward the least of these, toward the poor? If you harshly judge the poor and have no consideration for their well-being, then you should seriously question whether you are a true believer. But if your heart breaks for them to the point that you are using your time, talent, and treasure to tend to them, the young and the unborn, the financially poor, the spiritually lost, the elderly, the widow, the single mother, the imprisoned, and the sick, Jesus says that you can conclude that you are his. I would be remiss if I assumed everyone in this gathering today knows Christ and Christ knows you. Going back to the parable of the virgins, God wants you to be ready for his return. He wants you to confess with your mouth that Jesus is God and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and from the grave, demonstrating that he has power over death. All of us come into this world spiritually dead, and we don't have the power to make ourselves alive. But there is one who proved that he is, has power over death, and that is Jesus. Imagine Jesus standing on this stage, exhorting us to believe that he is God and the only one who can forgive your sins. To change you from, I thought that I was just speaking to women today, from dead women walking uh, to um, alive women walking. 
When you place your faith in Christ, this is what happens. Jesus takes all of your unrighteousness, all of the things that you have done that are wrong in your past, your present, and in your future. He takes them onto himself. And he gives you in return all of his righteousness, his goodness, his kindness, his gentleness, his holiness, his love, and his patience. Who would not want that exchange? There are men and women here who would love to hear from you if you know that the Lord is speaking to you today. Do you want to say yes to his call to be forgiven and cleansed and made alive in him? If so, I will sit down soon and someone will come up and share instructions as to how to do that. For those who are in Christ, but find yourself burying your talent, being ashamed to share the good news of Jesus, living a compromised life, one that Jesus is not pleased of, and neglecting your relationship with the Lord. Like the one sheep that wandered away, Jesus is coming after you. Maybe today's message is the way he uh, is, maybe today's message, um, might today's message be his way of leaving the 99 sheep and coming after you. You can't have a heart for the least of these if you do not have a relationship with the Lord. Neither can you have a heart for the least of these if you have wandered away and have been enticed by the riches and pleasures of this world. Jesus has deposited his spirit in you and is expecting a rich return. Won't you come back? He wants you to come back to him so that you can hunger and thirst for the things that he hungers and thirsts for. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word today, and I just pray that we would all allow your word, not my words, but your word sink deep into our hearts, and uh, that we would find ourselves looking, going around, and our time and our talent and our treasure, we're like, yes, we um, do have a heart for the poor, we have a heart for the lost, uh, the spiritually lost, the financially poor, the unborn child, the, the youth, the older people, we have a heart, and our desire so much is to minister to them, and so Lord, would you allow this to really be um, a hallmark of our lives, and that when the world looks at us, they'll think we're crazy uh, for spending our time, talent, and treasure on these vulnerable people, people that they just d disregard, um, but you have told us um, that this is the way in which we can actually conclude, uh, yes, I am in Christ, and he is in us, because we have a heart for the least of these, and so thank you for your message, and thank you so much for what you're going to do in our hearts with it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.